Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins. I am being joined, as always, it's not confidence, it's all ego, Jay Gold. Hey, how are you? And it's not ego, it's all confidence, Marky. That feels like cheating, but hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly cheating. I am not proud, I don't care. It works, it works. All right, go. We talked. We talked a little bit off air here, but how was everybody's weekend? Good. Yeah, very good. Very uneventful. Played a lot of golf last week. Ate some good food. Smoked an awful, irresponsibly a lot of weed, and uh, caught up on some of the uh, Twitter stuff from that North Canton Street Festival that everybody was at. Um, didn't catch a whole lot of the wrestles on uh, on IWTV this week, but I did see the the dumb. Uh, Cardona wedding with Nick Gage and the Moxley uh, match with Effie and saw, you know, a bunch of that stuff, but I didn't, I didn't actually pay for it. So let's not tell anybody. It's a secret. It's not, <laughs> it's an, a IW- secret. It's not an IWTV, so it doesn't count. That's right. There are some IWTV personalities on those shows, but they are not officially IWTV shows. They're not canon shows, basically. Hey, if somebody else is willing to pay for the show, you can watch it. I'm perfectly fine. Wink, wink. I, I did go to the North Canton Street Festival. Go Saw a lot of wrestling, ate a lot of fair food, went way against my diet. Really felt that this morning, quite, even into the morning, quite frankly. So I got to watch doing stuff like that. But it was so much fun, and the food was so good. What kind of food did they do at that that street festival, by the way? Uh, there, there are there are a lot of barbecue. You got the corn dog, you got the fry, you got the funnel cake. I had a gyro. My daughter had a pulled pork sandwich. They had like cockroach sandwich and stuff like that. Like if it's fair food, basically. I love it. It's my favorite kind of food. I love it. There was one t- truck that it was all like variation could grill cheese, but it wasn't melt. I was like afraid to try it. Oh, I would have done it. What's up, man? Could grilled cheese is grilled cheese, but it wasn't melt. Well, look, beggars can't be choosers. At that point, you're outside. You might as well just go with it. Look, uh, even the worst grilled cheese is probably still pretty good. That is correct. It, it, my my comparison with Pico, it was kind of like, even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Which is not true, and I will debate that because <laughs> New Jersey pizza is awful, and I won't eat it. So you turn down the sex, I'm turning it down. <laughs> if it's that bad, I'm turning it down. <laughs> uh, when I was in New Jersey, I didn't bother with the peak. I'm like, I don't like anything else in New Jersey. So that's beside well, the point. Did that mean you just didn't eat while you were in New Jersey then? They were uh, they were a Friday across the street from my hotel. I was there like all weekend, but I would say I could hold off on the pizza and bagels in New Jersey. If you told me to, I would never eat them. Just to, just I'd drive right over the border and get some New York bagels and New York pizza, Connecticut pizza. I would pass up New Jersey pizza any day, and I will fight somebody who thinks that they can talk me into it otherwise. Good thing you don't actually live in Jerk. You don't have to worry about going across the border. You're already there. I did for 20 years, Jayhawk, and I <laughs> did not enjoy an ounce of pizza in 20 years. So it is what it is. It is what it is. I think that's a little much, but... <laughs> no, no, we have we have a place near here. At least we did. I don't know if it's still open or not, but I've eaten there literally one it was called Carmen Pizza. Worst peak I've ever had in my life, but I had friends that swore by the peak. Oh, that's the greatest peak ever. And they ordered for a pay-per-view party, and it was like cardboard with tomato cock on it. Like, I don't know. I have no idea why they, why they wanted it to go badly. But I will say Dear Mama's Pizza, our friend Pat Franklin over at Pod Van Dam, Dear Mama's Pizza is absolutely awesome. It's awesome. So 
I would say, you know, you guys have a, a, um, a contender for some of the most delicious pizza, uh, in the area with that dear mama's pizza. I suggest everyone go to that. It's really good. So my beef with most pizza places here, I've noticed a lot is provolone instead of the mozzarella. Like what's up with that? Is that like a Ohio thing? Wait, what is it? Um, like I know Angelo's does it. They do provolone instead of the mozzarella. That's uh, odd. I, I, that, that could be exclusive to Angelo, but I have not heard of that. Yeah. We're going to have an argument if that happens. Provolone on pizza. I, I, got, I was like, yo, I'm going to check it out. And I saw that. I'm like, nope, I didn't even bother. Yep. We're about to have a misunderstanding if that's the case. <laughs> I don't kind of mind experimenting with cheese, but I love most cheeses, but I've never heard of anybody like trying that on pizza. But I mean, people I'm, swear by, people assuming, swear by the pickle pizza too. And that, that just doesn't look good to me either. But and, and I'm assuming this is still a wrestling podcast. So, you know, <laughs> you've never owned a conversations. Pizza. You never ordered a pizza when you're watching the Rockle? Oh, I sure do. I sure do. And I, I the pizza around here, I absolutely love. So, um, but I would put it up against almost any pizza in New Jersey. I would never, I wouldn't even put it up in the top 20 of pizzas in the country, but that's just me. That's my strong opinion. And everybody seems to disagree with me, but yeah. All right. Well, it is a wrestling podcast. Let's go ahead and go into what's on IWTV this week. What's on IWTV? All right, we had a fairly light week last week. Not the case this week. A couple of different tournaments going on here. I'm going to try to get through it pretty quickly. Wednesday, August 17th, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. The world premiere of Action in America. Thursday, August 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern. Wrestling Open, episode 33, airing live. Thursday, August 18th, 7 p.m. Pacific Time, 10 o'clock Eastern. West Coast Pro Wrestling presents the West Coast Cup Night 1. First round of the West Coast Cup Tournament, plus Jacob Fatu defending the West Coast Pro Championship against Mike Bailey on that card. Friday, August 19th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. AIW presents J-Lit Night 1, featuring the entire first round of the JT Lightning Invitational Tournament. That tournament's going to be incredible. I highly recommend everybody watch that. I will be... Um, I'll be watching the whole weekend. I hope everybody watches that tournament. It has some gigantic names on the card. I will be experiencing it live. Yes, that a girl. That's what I'm talking about. Friday, August 19th, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 o'clock Eastern. West Coast Pro Wrestling presents the West Coast Cup Night 2, the final of the West Coast Cup tournament plus Aerostar in action. Saturday, August 20th, 3 p.m. Eastern time, AIW presents Fresh Meat 2, the latest crack of the AIW Academy taking on the veterans of AIW. Got to see a couple of the kids this weekend at the, at the uh, North Canton Street Festival. There's comp- a lot of potential with this class, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this show. As I said before on social media, a couple of these kids, once they get out of the coma that they're put in from wrestling Dom and uh, Bishop, I think there's a lot of potential there. But we got to get through that stage first after they get their teeth kicked in by the two big biggest stars on the AIW roster. I mean, they have to survive, first of all. That's Exactly. When they finally stop eating out of a straw, I think there's a lot of potential there. <laughs> uh, the, the the kid taking on Joshua Bishop, Cam Holloway, yeah, I think he's going to be a good one. He looked he, yeah. looked, he looked he looked pretty good. He got a good look to him. Got to get some seasoning. He only had those, those were first two matches ever, I'm pretty sure. So. And he squishes watermelons with his armpit. Jacob Edstringer Lewis, I'm okay with that. Yep. Saturday, August 20th, 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern. 
IPW No Hold Barred Volume 30 Ultraviolet Vortex. Saturday, August 20th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. AIW presents J-Lit Night 2. And the winner of that becomes the uh, the winner of the J-Lit tournament becomes the new AIW Intense Champion. So there's a lot on the line. It's pretty awesome. I'm glad that they put that title. They split those belts up. I think it's going to be um, very exciting to see, you know, the next generation as to who's going to be that intense champ. My money, as always, is on Derek Dillinger. He's um, lost. He's the bridesmaid in so many matches, and I think this is his turn. It's got to be. So we can all say he's the IWTV Guide favorite? He's, uh, well, if you ask me, Mars, yes. I'm going to go ahead and say, <clears throat> speak for the whole team and say yes. Because I, I was also going to say he's my number one pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's unanimous. Then. Honestly, once, once he finished second in the Fonky tournament, that, that there's no other choice, in my opinion. He's got to win. There's, I, I, You can go through that list, fine, but Derek, is. it's his turn. Come on. I am pleading... I am putting it out in the universe. I am willing it. I am hoping to will it that me and Tiny Derek are celebrating on Saturday night watching Derek hoist that intense title up. Okay, well, there's still more show coming up this weekend. Let's go ahead and get through this. Saturday, August 20th, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern. IKW Noho Bard, Volume 31. Hood for it against Kadika in the main event of that show. Sunday, August 21st, 2 p.m. Eastern. Wrestling Open presents No Respect. Miracle Generation against the Brick Kitty Boy can eliminate a cup final, among other matches on that card. Sunday, August 21st, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Beyond Wrestling presents American Rana 22 Blackout. And your main event, Eddie Kingston against Flade. Ruder Yuta against Timothy Thatcher in a match that's going to be freaking fantastic. That's a great card overall. I'm not going to go over the entire thing here, but uh, that's probably going to be outside of the AIW show the one show I check out this weekend. That looked fantastic. Sunday, August 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Eight, the uh, pr- premiere of H2O Underrated Epicode 38. Monday, August 22nd, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The world premiere of High Tension Wrestling Pagodamonium. Say hey, that three times fast. And Tuesday, August 23rd, 8 p.m. Eastern. The world premiere of E4 Fighting Back 11. That quick on IWTV this week, and God, I hope they don't add anything up there. Go oh, freaking much this weekend. That's it's great. An, an embarrassment of riches, if you will. Yeah, when I when you, I'm looking at having three AIW shows and going, there's like three other shows I want to watch this weekend. I, there's no time. And with that, let's go ahead and go into this week's wrestler spotlight. Wrestler spotlight. And Jay Gold, who are we looking at this week? So we are changing the format up a bit. I think, um, I think, I think this is going to be a more, a, a, not more, but I think it's going to be a fun new concept for this uh, wrestling spot wrestler spotlight. We in the beginning we started off by trying to highlight some of these uh, younger talents, showing off where they came from, what they were doing. Then in in uh, June we had Marcy covering uh, for Pride Month, talking about all the the wrestlers and the matches that at really affected her. Now, what I think we're going to do is kind of a hybrid model. Um, we're going to pick a spot, a wrestler to spotlight, and the, each of us has watched one match that we would recommend to the uh, um, independent or wrestling community and say, hey, check out this match for this star. I think it would be um, beneficial to learn more about this, uh, this talent. And uh, this week's talent is going to be 
the winner of the Bill Alfonso Hardcore title, um, Mr. the, the uh, blue-collar brawler of AIW, Mr. Ryan Kaplan. Um, Kaplan is a monster. He it has His career has skyrocketed the last year and change. I would say maybe since 2000 and to, to 2021 when he was in uh, Go For Broke and he did a lot of different um, shows. So we all picked a match. We're going to tell you a little bit about it. I'll, I'll start. I picked the four-way um, at um, um, the AIW show from February of 2021. Um, sorry, I'm just – of course, I don't have the title on me. Of course. Oh, it's You Know What? I'm Not Leaving. It's That that was the show. Um, it was Kaplan, PB Smooth, Isaiah Broner, and Matthew Justice in a four-way. This match was insane. These guys threw – ridiculous haymakers Kaplan this showed off Kaplan being able to wrestle with uh, three other guys um the match ended with Kaplan giving a lariat a monster discus lariat to Isaiah Broner um I highly recommend it there was carnage this match was absolute carnage um and if you love that kind of thing if you love the intense uh um atmosphere the extreme atmosphere this match was a great highlight for him okay I'll go ahead and go next because Kaplan is my son favorite wrestler Oh, and he's my mom's favorite wrestler. I apologize. She thinks he's handsome. Yeah, well, yeah. My son just thinks he's cool, and Kaplan talked to him quite a bit at the at Gauntlet for the Gold. So my, yeah, he a big hit with my son. And I'm going to Gauntlet for the Gold with my match. He took on Filthy Tom Lawler in a single match. And it's it, it interesting because you got Tom Lawler, who's got the UFC background. he got a wrestling background. And you got Kaplan, who's literally the blue-collar brawler. Like, he, he fight, he hit hard. Kaplan doing tope Thuakita before the bell even rings. He's trying to do planchas. They tease weapons, but they don't really use them. They tease go- going through a door, didn't actually go through the door. Yeah. Kaplan comes on the looking end of this match, but looked really good in a loss. I, I highly recommend watching that match. It was fantastic. Uh, for my match, I picked from AIW's January show, Ether, uh, his match with Hoodfoot. And oh boy, was this a wild brawl. They took it to the bar. They took it all throughout the crowd. This is a very fun match. As a bonus, you can see me drunkenly stumble around the bar trying to avoid the chaos. So, <laughs> I think I think uh, I think any match in the last I would say in the last two years that Kaplan has been in is guaranteed to bring people to their feet. There's something lovable about him. He makes beef jerky on his own. That is incredibly delicious, by the way. Yeah. And actually, we'll talk about it with this with today's show um, from 2016. But there's a lot of development that went on with him. His promos are hilarious. The one he cut on Tim Dance leading up to Absolution. I highly, highly recommend everybody watch this thing. It is it is absolutely outrageous. Um, and any picture with Kaplan and a cigar, the man got hit by a U-Haul. He is the indestructible, indispensable member of the AIW roster. And, you know, I'm, I, I love the guy. I think he's great. And he is on the show we're going to review. And we're going to get into that right now. The Weekly Review. All right. So the show we are reviewing this week, we're going back to October 15, 2016. AIW, Keegan of the Witch, from Tequila Jack and Mentor on the Lake, Ohio. Uh, I got a Winchester vibe from this show. Tell me about this place, by the way. I don't know anything about it. Tell me about uh, uh, this Tequila Jacks because people have told some fun stories about it. Have you ever been to any shows? 
I never, I never did. Uh, it looked, it, it looked crazy. It looked like uh, uh, one of those Hawaiian bungalow, you know, like uh, a cantina type of scenes. It was that. I mean, I would, I wish that place. I wish they, I could attend something like that. That looked like it looked like a great, a lot of fun. I thought that man, it, it's a little bar. Like I, about all I know out of it, it's a bar. Well, and I bar, gotta say, bar I, shows I, are the best. So. I agree. Yep. And I gotta say. I saw a lot of our old AIW friends there. This was a show to like flashback to see a lot of the young, uh, a lot of guys who are now top talents and, and some guys are gone. Some guys are top talents. Some of the fans I recognize from, you know, six, seven years ago, it was, this show was a nostalgic look at, at, at what kind of like, yes, the Winchester shows are now this almost felt like, you know, their NXT type of the Winchester type of show. All right, so this is uh, off of the DVD. We've got the pre-show promo. Yeah, we do. <laughs> All right, so Brian Karkin got a promo uh, about his match with Rick Brody. I say what you will about Brian Karkin. I know he's not exactly the most popular person among the panel, but he does cut a good promo. I got to say, I like Brian Carson. I like him as a person. I I like him as a wrestler, and I thought the promos, this these promos were... I miss that. I miss that about the start of AIW shows because they stopped doing it. Um, I, I don't know. Would you say what during once once IWTV came along, they stopped doing the. Uh, I think they it stopped was doing the pre match even before that. I think it was when they started doing the fight stuff, the fight TV stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I I have not bought one of the DVDs in a while. But I would assume if you buy the DVDs, they probably still have promo on them. But with I think the live Thorne streams, said. Yeah, I think Thorne said that with the live streams, it made it very, very difficult to um, to for timing wise to keep those and then keep the match times. Right. But I think it was very important, especially for a show. If 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 you're watching this for the first time and watching IW, it was really helpful to kind of establish some of the personalities, which I really like. You follow that up, Gringo Loco, the promo on his uh, opponent, Laredo Kid and Triton or Triton, depending on who on who's paying it. I don't think either one can correct. <laughs> Pronunciation's hard, okay? Well, I mean, I, I think Triton is, is technically correct if you're trying to speak in Spanish, but I've heard Triton so many times by so many different people, I just don't correct anybody on it. I was calling him Triton the whole time. What about Triton? <laughs> <laughs> at, at least it's not Nitron. I, about four people will get that reference. Anyway, uh, Kaplan cut the promo on his match with Dominic Garini. Promo of the show, by the way. Yeah, yeah so it's just gonna... <laughs> he turns his. It basically turns his angst from Dom to like the town of men are on the lake. Right. <laughs> it just gets all over him. See, but you know what's great about him? They're the same promos he cuts now. Like, there's no difference in the promo that he cut uh, on on uh, what's his name uh, uh, on Tim Donson. What he would cut there six years later, the guy is still he still command like when he's on the screen you just want to listen to what comes out of his mouth it is incredible he's the best yeah he really is we've got daniel uh dr daniel he rockingham cutting a promo on his opponent the man scout jake manning telling a weird story about when he was in scout and the horrible experience he had which is why he got the dqr system yes let's see i think he has some unresolved trauma maybe <laughs> some derby related <laughs> trauma handsome dr dan dr dan back then Young baby face, Doctor Dan. I like how you say this is like so long ago when it was like six years. Yeah, but a lot has happened in six years, and a lot of the guys on this card are no longer with the with 
uh, are no longer in the the company or the business for that matter. And we'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, well, actually, we'll get into it right now, technically here. Garrick and King, a.k.a. Gary the King Baller, cutting a promo on the on Weird World, and he's introducing his partner, P.B. Smooth. I believe P.B. Smooth's first appearance, if not one of his very early ones. Exactly, as the seven-foot savage. Now he builds himself as 6'9". But legit back nine. then, <laughs> that's correct. But that, but back then, he built himself as the seven foot savage. When you're that much taller than everybody else on the roster, it doesn't really matter what you build your height at. Long, it's not like five nine or some crap. Go I gotta with, say, go but he looked terrific. Run. Yeah, but he looked terrific. He, I mean, he had, didn't have an ounce of fat on him, and in general, he he just he looked imposing and scary. I, I was I was very I, I liked seeing that like youthful PB jumping in. Frankie Flynn cut the promo on his opponent, Philly Collins. I miss Frankie. I, I like that Frankie, that version of Frankie. Not bad. Athletic. A lot of stuff. We'll talk about that in the match, but not bad at all. Dominic Garini cutting a promo on Kaplan. Got Eric Ryan cutting a promo on his opponent, Alex Daniel. Weird World cut a weird promo about their match with Derek and King and PB Smooth. They're hyping up the Double Dare tournament, which is the next kind of show after this. And then we close the promo battle with Ray Monroe cutting a promo on his component in the main event, Jeff Cobb. Which is exciting. If you if you haven't if you want to check out these two guys going at it and you haven't seen it before, it's it's that's that's it's a heck of a that's a heck of a way to like a main event to sell a show, especially in twenty sixteen. Oh, this show is two hours and in thirteen minutes, and we're about ten minutes in already. We haven't even had a match yet. Sweet Beautiful. spot. That's why, I, <laughs> if I can be candid, it's why I picked this show. All right, go. Match number one, Dr. Daniel Key Rockingham taking on the man scout, Jake Manning. And this is a, a deacon enough opener. Really played more for comedy, especially early on. They're arguing over uh, whether the scout is superior or if the DCR com, uh, system is superior. I like a, that. It, it was a battle of reading materials. And, you know, I, like- <laughs> I think the scout system is a little more in-depth, so it might have... A hell extra weight to it. And and by the way, uh, uh, the Duke and Wadsworth on commentary was it sounded very familiar. They they haven't changed in a in six years. They they work off each other very well. Um, and the jokes that were going on with with the Boy Scouts and the pamphlet, Doctor Dan coming out with the uh, um, hoverboard, but uh, a different music this time around. Not that not that man in the mirror music, but uh. It, it was interesting to see a youthful young Dr. Dan out there with Jake Manning, who is also not in wrestling anymore. I think Jake Manning working behind the scenes in AEW, at least he was last I heard. He was doing some of their merchandising. But. Ah, okay. Yeah. So they actually do an extended running the rope spot where they're reading each other reading material while they're running the rope. Yes. Which and I like that a lot. Which linking them all doing that doing a drop down until Dr. Dan dropped down through the rope out of the ring. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> And then we get Manning tying DTR into a knot over the bottom rope, and <laughs> Dr. Dan can't get him free. Fantastic. Lucky. Jake Manning's a true scout through and through. Uh, we get match it. Match finally does turn into a match. It's pretty fun. Dr. Dan is working on the leg for the most of it. Manning, instead of hulking up, he scouts up. He drops the strap, but he can't hit the draping pile driver. Dr. Dan hits a slam, gets the pin at 10 minutes. Manning's shoulder over top of of Dr. Dan Lake. There's no possible way the shoulder went down, but never let that get in the way of a good story, I guess. And that was a young, handsome, youthful-looking Jake Clemens as the referee of this match. 
And he may have won, but he still has the memories of Derby's past to haunt him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although, yeah, the Pinewood, yeah, my car, my Pinewood Derby car was the per- was perfectly done to specification. The only cards that shouldn't have it ran and ended up beating me, and I hate gout now. That was the promo. Ten minutes even for that opening matchup. Match number two, Philly Collin taking on Frankie Flynn. It is very weird, even today, to keep Philly Collins in a King Old match. And I mean, he did, he did it at the North Canton Street Festival, and it was even, even with Marino at Rinkai with him, just them and Kingles, just weird. He's been a team for so long. I mean, Frankie Flynn, you know, that was the one that I remember winning, you know, the tag title with Magnum, the uh, the new lead Frankie Flynn type of deal. Um, I was very impressed with his athleticism and uh, and you know, in general, I you know they mentioned he was he was a student. Uh, Duke couldn't. Stop focusing on Philly Collins' baseball pants that he softball pants that he was wearing in the ring. Uh, but Philly, Philly also very familiar looking. Philly uh, has not lost a step since in about six years. So you know the match is interesting. Hearing them call you know guys who were not established yet. And we got Fl- Frankie Flynn had only been wrestling about a year ago at this point. Uh, Philly, I don't think had been wrestling much. I don't think had been wrestling that long. I'm actually trying to double check that now. I think actually, yeah, one of Philly first match here. You know, he only started wrestling and looked like July of 2016. I think they mentioned it. I believe they mentioned it on commentary. Yeah, they said they they were talking about how both of them were were students somewhere at one point. Yeah, I mean that could that could according to Cage Match Philly's fifth match ever, and Frankie Flynn only been wrestling about a year prior to this. No, they have a good little. You can tell they were both green, but it's a good little match for what it is. There's the fun little uh, run to the outside that Flynn did to. Uh, Philly, and he basically just rolls through the door, and it got a good chuckle out of me. Yeah, I did note that spot. That one was pretty good. Uh, Flynn gets the win with a Russian leg sweep into a leg bar for the commission, seven minutes and 34 seconds. From there, we have a tag team match. PB Smooth and Garrick and King, a.k.a. Gary the King Baller, taking on Weird World. And as Weird World kind of hyped in their promo, the Lake Erie Monster, which is basically Weird Body on top of Worldwide Shoulder, like you couldn't do a chicken fight. And he's barely taller than PB, which is fun. I love seeing the old, old school weird world. Honestly, I know we haven't seen uh, uh, Worldwide in a long time. I miss him. I miss him as a person. I like him a lot. And uh, and Weird Body is always. It's, it looks like people are wrestling a spider monkey when they wrestle Weird Body. So I uh, I love that. I thought that I, I they always had such a cool chemistry that Weird World. Um, and uh, and I, I just enjoyed I enjoyed that whole match. This is this is a very fun match. Love the Lake Erie Monster. Yes. Like, come on, it's ridiculous. Yep. Weird body is the fake in peril to nobody surprise. Uh, take a shot every time Weird Body hits a high cross body. I think he did like five or six high cross bodies in this match. I dunk out dunk what's supposed to be a hot tag to worldwide. It's really more of a lukewarm tag. Like he actually makes the tag before the opponent makes the tag. Kind of take the air out of it. <laughs> worldwide trying to. Had had Garrick and King on the shoulder, can try to swim in the PB booth and Gary, and Boo just back away and then like curiously did. It didn't fool anybody at all with that one. Uh, we get a uh, wheelbarrow DDT to Garrick and King, weird body covering for the pin, nine minutes and fifty seven seconds. Fun little tag team match, and then we get into I think what ended up being my favorite match of the night aside from the main event, Dominic Garini against Kaplan. Yeah, this is a really good one. Let's get into it because. Kaplan, uh, two guys who I I miss seeing Dom without shoes. This version of Dom 
super reliable reliant on his jujitsu and his he did a lot of moves uh a lot of high impact knees and things like that um this dom is the one that i remember from uh when i first started watching aiw and evolve he i think he was what stoke stokely hathaway's heater for a while um and this kaplan okay so let's talk about this version of kaplan which i love he did a high kick that he got his leg up to Dom's head and he was doing, he did a destroyer at one point. This Kaplan, this version, the 2016 before he took off a couple years, I think with an eye injury or whatever, he was like 270 some odd pounds doing like, you know, 180 pound lucha moves. Super duper impressive. And he would still get a beer mid-match with, you know. Yeah. This, I mean, what, let's be honest. What's not to love it, about Kaplan, yes, especially this there, time period? There is nothing not, I mean, if I saw him in 2016, I would have flipped my shit watching that dude at that point. What a, And Dom, you could see, Dom, this was before Violence is Forever Dom. This version of Dom also understood exactly how to wrestle this match. The no-shoes Dom is very cool. Um, it was great. I, I really did. The, the I agree with you. Probably... But I would say this is my favorite match of the night. I wasn't as as blown away with the main event maybe as you are. But this match made me like I was up in my seat watching. I was like, I, I'm so happy to watch this match. Uh, I mean, you talked about Kaplan drink, drinking a beer. He tried to share with Dom. Dom didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, Dom, uh, Dom only gets one count off a German suplex. Nico frustrated that he actually wanted to go outside and grab chairs. Not the Yukiko weapon, though. We're gonna he's gonna cut them up. We're gonna have a little pub fight inside, yeah, inside the ring. They're in a bar. It works. It's you know what better place to have a bar fight? Exactly. Yeah, they are very stiff with each other. I don't think either one of them have it any other way. Yep. Yeah, you know that shotgun drop kick that Kaplan did. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Woo! But oh. I, I think everything Kaplan does is high impact. Is like holy shit, that dude just did that. Like he is that kind of talent. Yeah, Kaplan hits the lariat. That doesn't get the pin. Dom hits a stiff jumping knee, gets into real naked choke, gets the, ref- gets the referee stoppage. 11 minutes and 59 seconds. This was a lot of fun. This is the or- like this is an origin almost. Like this is, you know, Kaplan to me, because I only the only time my original time I've ever watched Kaplan, to to be honest, was when when I came to AIW for the first time, it was Gauntlet, and Kaplan came back and he was in the Gauntlet. And everybody went bonkers, and I've never heard of him before. So I was like, who is this dude? And then he was gone for injury for a very long time. Um, and then he came back and is now the captain we all know, which I just love. But seeing him in this in this arena, he's very athletic. I can understand now why AIW, you know, was so proud of him even coming out of the school. He, he I mean, he's a hell of a talent. Even back then, you can see, I mean, he doesn't do as much. He's not as uh, luchador style, but there were things that he was doing. He was like like Keith Lee almost out there, like the the big kick, the destroyer things. He could do a lot of things. It was very impressive. It was awesome to watch. Yeah, everything he did was, was like so good. So, so one of the other reasons I picked this show is 2016 was like the year I got into AIW. And I'm rewatching the show and reminding me like guys like Kaplan and Dom were what made AIW stand out for me, what made me follow it so much. That's a cool thing. I didn't I didn't realize that, Mars. That's awesome. It was hearing about the, the funny enough is what got me into AIW was the original podcast. That was uh, my brother. That's what got him into it. He he got me hooked. But yeah, I I, I, I 
you could see even watching it now, even knowing what we know now, what what kind of connection they have to an audience, what kind of talent they were putting out there. It was that, that I mean, that match was one of the tops. I mean, you could put that that match into a lot of if that match ran today on IWTV, you'd get a million people on Twitter saying how much they loved it. So okay, from there, we've got a three way dance. Gringo Loco, Verkin Tritone, Verkin Laredo Kid. And of course, the running joke has always been, we can't find Laredo Kid, he disappeared. <laughs> oh, they were happy he showed up for the match. He always ended up showing back up for his match. He never missed the match, but he would disappear for like hours at a time once he got to the building. He wanted to explore Cleveland, you know what? There's, there's a lot to see out here. Maybe not so much men are on the lake. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is a classic AIW scramble style, even though it was only three guys, you know, Lucha style. It, it, you know, watching it, I just, I said to myself, oh, this is, you know, this is, it feels like home almost when you watch AIW do these style matches. So, oh, you yeah, know, Gringo. That was yeah. always a staple that year, too. There's always, I feel like, at least one really good Lucha match on the card. Yeah. Yeah. You could just feel it. It just felt right in, in that spot. Yeah. Uh, much better than the usual three-way match as well. When there were fewer cake and coverage up being glorified one-on-one with guys comparing for long stretch and kind of time. Two guys would do a spot together, and then that third guy would show back up. I'm, I'm a lot more okay with this than I would normally be with a three-way match. Laredo Kid gets the pin over Triton with a version of the Burning Hammer in 844. I could have actually used a couple more minutes for that one. I was enjoying that one. Yeah, I did think that match was a little short. I, I remember looking at the clock going, I, I, I was like, I can't believe this is that's the end of it, but it was, it was definitely AIW's. That's their sweet spot when they run matches like that. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like I said, yeah, it could have been a little longer, but stuff they did on it while they had their time was just absolutely fun. Yeah. Okay, so next we have Brian Karkin against Drex Brody. Uh, Karkin attacking Brody before the bell. Steve Guy is on commentary with Matt Wadgrid for the second half of the show. Pedro DeLuca doing the ring announcing. I love, always great to hear, Pedro. Tell me tell me about Rex Brody. I don't know. I don't know. Any, I literally don't know anything about him. I thought he was ridiculous coming in the ring with the helmet and the and the stunt man of AIW. I, I love that. I don't know anything about him. I, I didn't see him in the in the 2000s. I don't know enough about him to know that. So prior to becoming Rex Brody, he actually he was actually part of a uh, pirate tag team under the, he was Morty Rackham. I forget the name of the team off the top of my head. That was my first uh, first uh, exposure to him. Okay. I like the I like the stuntman gimmick better. In all honesty, the Cutthroat yeah. Crew. That was the name of the team, the Cutthroat Crew. Oh, okay. Yeah, the stuntman thing is honestly so money. It was goofy. I liked it a lot. He he had a lot of uh, he put a lot into it. I like how he like he used the helmet to do the headbutt. It was like one of my favorite things in this match. Yeah, if Evil Knievel were a pro wrestler, he'd be Rex Brody. I, I I have to say, and I love Tom Dunn as a person, but I don't know what the hell happened in that ending. Can you explain to me what what the hell happened there at the end of that match? Every so often, they would work out some kind of spot where Tom Dunn would choke slam somebody, and the fans started calling him the Dundertaker. <laughs> so they, so they were just okay. They were just so it, was just it was just something they would do once in a while. Uh, the finish does come off a little bit weird. We'll get to that in a second here. Yeah. Uh, Steve Guy fascinated with Rhodey Stuntman Flash over Jump Coop. I got more it of was an cool. vibe than a evil evil Knievel vibe off the Jump Coop personally, but. Oh, I got the evil Knievel vibe. It was cool. Uh, I will say Brian Karkin had a sharpshooter that was better than any sharpshooter the Rock ever did. He That's went the wrong very way. Low bar though. He, okay, did okay, I mean, way. he did turn the wrong way. He did turn the wrong way. 
Okay, but, but I think he was getting down on the back. Have you ever seen The Rock do a sharpshooter? Like, yeah, he may have well just never done the sharpshooters. Coming from somebody with a Brahma Bull tramp stamp, I will have to disagree that I I did like uh, I, I did like um, The Rock's uh, sharpshooter. I did think it looked weak, but I did like it as part of his entire move set, if you will. <laughs> There's one thing Brian Carr can better than The Rock at it, sharpshooter. Okay, uh, I'll give it to him. All right, so the finish, can we get to the finish? Carkin got a chair. Tom Dunn takes it away from him. This gives Brody the chance to put the helmet on and start you and start hitting helmet, uh, headbutt with the helmet. Dunn spends like four years talking to Pedro about the chair. Just tan him the chair and turn around. Like, it looked bad. I'm not, yeah, necessarily, uh, faulting, I'm not necessarily faulting Tom Dunn for that. You got to make sure whatever they're doing behind you is done. I get it. It just it just didn't look bad. Uh, the yeah. art, so Brody go for a cover after the Ked Butt. He's not getting the pin because Tom Dunn is distracted with Pedro in the chair. Somehow the argument that Dunn and Brody are having leads to Karkin getting the choke slam and Brody coming for the pin at ten twenty three. I didn't like the finish. I thought they I thought the finish was too cute for what they were going for. But crowd pop big for it. So what do I know? <laughs> and look, Rex tried to leverage this with a spot and double dare. I don't think that came to fruition, if I recall correctly. That did not. That's what I thought. Yeah, I actually, I actually looked that up, and I didn't. Why wasn't that double dare? I didn't know, and no, it didn't happen. What would you call their team name? Oh yeah, did they wrestle at at double dare or no? We literally just yeah, they did it. <laughs> oh, I wasn't listening. Hey, obviously, Jesus. I was just reading the, my notes for the next match. I apologize, Marcy and Jayhawk. I and I'm drinking whiskey and I completely spaced, which is happens before. So we well, you know someone forgot to take their pills. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> for what it for what it's worth, Rex Brody was not in the Double Dare tournament either. So like they didn't even have a different partner. It just didn't happen. I'd like them to bring him back, I would say, for uh, J-Lit or something, so I can see him with the goofy helmet on and whatnot. Maybe next year's gauntlet. He doesn't, he doesn't wrestle much these days. He wrestled three times in 2022 that I have record of. Right, so we go on from there. The only title match of the show for the AIW Intent title, the champion Alec Daniel, accompanied by Gregory Iron, defending against Eric Ryan. Eric Ryan is trying to win the intent title because the only title he has never held. Gregory Iron is cutting a promo before the match. And he starts off by saying, for those who don't know me, I am. And then he does a long pause. And some guy in the yell, crowd yells, a dickhead. And then there's a pause and the guy in the crowd that yelled, a dickhead, go, am I close? <laughs> you know what? And then he, Gregory, Gregory Iron hurls the lamest insults possible, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, he's the worst. <laughs> Also, like, what the, the fuck is the real life Ben Affleck? Someone please fucking explain this to me. Wouldn't Ben Affleck be the real life Ben Affleck? I don't understand this and it makes me angry. I, I am going to say um, I can't stand when Gregory Iron has a microphone. And Alex Daniels did nothing for me. And I know that there's another guy. Speaking of people who are not in the wrestling anymore. That's it. That's another guy I would say. They're reeking he's not in the in the wrestling anymore, and I will leave it oh, at that. I know, I know, in and he sucks anyway, so that's fine. Nothing nice to say about him. Nope. I I I didn't mind his ring work when he was wrestling, but that'll be 
Wait, 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 I can say one nice thing. It's a good entrance song. I like Death Grips, but that's it. That's really nothing to do with him either. Yeah. The promo between Iron and Daniel is insanely long. Like, I've seen main event matches go shorter than this promo. Huh. Yeah. Daniel could tech from behind to get the match jump started. Gregor Iron is interfering a, lo- interfering a lot. Uh, Ryan yeah, at one too point. Much. Ryan at one point go for a tope. He mimic and he hits the guardrail chin first. Like, I'm surprised he didn't break his jaw. He hit hard. He's got to be made of steel or something like, I don't know. I just, I find, I find nothing. I, I just was rubbed the wrong way by this match. I just do not like Alex Daniels. I don't like Gregory Iron. There's no, re- the, the promo went on forever. As you said, it just was not, it just, I, yeah, the promo I like Eric Ryan. Match. Yeah. I like Eric Ryan a lot, but um, I, I did not, I, I just felt the, un- I, I felt like negative vibes coming off of that dude. So, it is what it is. Yeah. Also, really weird. This this an intense title match. This was before the intense rules were a thing for the intense title matches. Right. Yeah. So that so that comes off as weird, especially when Gregory Iron is interfering. What seemingly every thirty seconds. I know it wasn't that often, but it felt like it at times. Yep. You know, Eric Ryan had get a tap out off an elevated Boston Crab, but Iron got Tom done distracted. Daniel with the distraction hit Ryan with the title belt, only gets two. Then Daniel distract. Tom Dunn and Gregory Iron hits Eric Ryan with the title belt. Now they the Daniel getting the commission win in 1320. I didn't hate the match. I didn't love it. Don't hate the game. Hate the player. That's what I say. <laughs> Fuck those dudes. <laughs> okay, I, don't, I, I, I love it. I don't hate Gregory Iron. I think I've, I've, I've worked with Gregory Iron. I've never had a bad experience with him. I know other people have had differently, but. Oh, I don't know him as a person. I cannot stand him as a it, it, in his profession. I find him to be it's that X Pac go away heat. I just don't. I I don't need it. I don't need him in the ring. I don't need him in the match. It's like okay, I get it. We're good. So, um, and he's not. Don't tell me. Oh, he's doing his job as a heel because he's not. He's just annoying. It went on way too long, and you know, there, it just it is what it is. So that that match was what it was. The rest of the show. I, it's what tiny blemish on what is a fun, fun show, but that, you know, whatever. So what do you really feel? How do you really feel about Gregory Iron? <laughs> Isn't that what we're supposed to do? I don't understand. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? I've been drinking a lot of scotch tonight, but isn't that what we're supposed to do? I'm giving you my honest opinion. <laughs> executioners, Marcy, executioners for Charlie Butter. I didn't say anything. I just was making, oh. I was being funny. Oh, okie dokie. <laughs> Remember, I, I only make those comments when it's important. So, <laughs> right, we didn't go to our main event. It is Raymond Rowe against Jeff Cobb. I like that. It's probably my favorite match of the night. Very, very slightly beating Kaplan and Dom. Although, I can I ask you something? Was this sorry, Jayhawk? Was this the railroad before the car accident, uh, motorcycle accident? No, this was after. I believe. after. Oh, also, okay, because he moved around. Like, I, I just I, I was watching, I was like, hmm, is there something? Did, did he did, did this come before he was in or whatever because he moves uh, you know he moved really well I yeah the uh, accident that happened to him yeah the accident was in 2014 oh okay all right yeah he, he actually just posted about it on social media the other day I double checked it but him and Jeff Cobb that was in 2016 both guys were you know pistol hot so that that's a great main event for that show two. Just two beefy boys going at it. That is correct. Yeah. And it's kind of a tale of two matches. Well, Rogue controls the first four or five minutes. The next four or five minutes can pretty much all Cobb. 
Go get the Inkiguri to hit the double down, and then it back and forth from there. Uh, I am, I am, I'm always impressed at how good an athlete, how agile Jeff Cobb is for a guy his side, as stocky as Jeff Cobb is. Hey, he's an he was an Olympic level wrestler. That takes that takes a certain level of athleticism to to make that happen. Yeah. And then on top of that, he's doing it. He does a standing moon call followed by a shooting star, a standing shooting star prank, which at, at, he landed with more of a headbutt than a flash, but probably just that effective. Also, that fu- I love that German suplex he does, where he like he kind of just like swings him to stall him out before he finally like swings back. Yeah, yeah. Row hits the death row, only get a two count off of that. Cobb duck and Cooperman punch hits a German suplex, get a two count off of that. Finish come with row hitting just a series of moves one after another. Start with death row, hit about three or four other moves, ending with a get out power bomb for the pin in fourteen twenty four. I was surprised at the finish. I thought Jeff Cobb would win that match, but I, I forgot in the like how Ray Rowe was so important in that area, and and he was just as big of a star, I think, as Cobb in 2016. I would say AIW is one of those places where the local guy is going to beat the star a lot more often than a lot of other places would too. Was this pre Montanza or was this post Montanza 2016? I think it would been in the middle of that, Rodden. Yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah, were people aware? I don't. I don't remember. Were people aware that that was Jeff Cobb, the wrestling community? I don't remember if that was a thing that everyone's like, "Oh, that's Jeff Cobb." I don't remember because the first I saw him outside of Montanza was like, I, I want to say it was PWG, like that summer right before this this match. Okay, because I, I mean, do you guys remember the like the because Lucha Underground was such a strange TV show that like. There were certain people that everyone's like, yeah, I know. Like we, everybody knew Prince Puma as Ricochet and and all the other. Like there were certain others, but like that when Montanza came out and was so athletic and so whatever, I don't remember knowing that that was Jeff Cobb for a while. No, I don't think at that point he didn't really break out until after like the whole Montanza thing happens. Okay. Yeah, I would. Makes- I was not familiar with Jeff Cobb when Montanza Rado became a thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I was wondering if this was before or after. I'm, I can't. I, my timelines for for Lucha Underground are strange. Yeah, it Lucha, didn't help. They had they had a lot a lot of time between seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucha Underground. And, and ran, I didn't have that network anyway. El Rey was so hard to come by. Yeah, Lucha Underground ran for Keegan Grand from 2014 to 2018 because it would have been about halfway through that run. Oh, okay. Yeah, Geekin Geekin two was completely done. Geekin three was actually airing at that point. I think. I think I had to watch Lucha Underground on my brother's FiOS in like 2015, 16, because I did not, or my parents, because I did not have FiOS in my building. I only had Optimum, and it screwed me because they didn't get L right. Actually, Geekin three had actually Geekin three was done at that point. They were between three and four by that okay. point. So. Yeah, three and four. I think three and four is what had the really long break. Yeah, but I, yeah. Yeah, June twenty sixth of June twenty sixth of twenty sixteen with the end of Geek and Three, and then a- April sixth of twenty eighteen with Geek and Four debut. I will say that's some get for AIW to get Jeff Cobb at that point. That is pretty cool. That's a great main event, especially in a place like Tequila Jackson. Almost is like a Winchester show. After the match, Ro cut the promo. Can he? Can he? Always going to represent AIW. Then he puts Cobb over. They shake hands and hug. That's how we go off the air. Uh, Definitely an interesting look back at AIW. I'll give the a thumbs up. I didn't oh, hate, hell yeah. Yeah. Didn't hate anything on the show. I mean, obviously, there's things that just are weird and uh, with the benefit of hindsight, but... I, I give it a, a thumbs up 
for many reasons. Uh, the wrestling was as consistent as AIW always is, which is amazing. If you look, we're homers a little bit for AIW, just a little. Uh, but honestly, it felt exactly like shows now. And I think that's a testament to the, the to Gargano, to the teachers, Dom, Derek, all the guys who have taught at the school the last eight, ten years. Um, it, it was so consistent to what AIW is that I didn't watch this and go, wait a minute, this is so different and strange. You know what I mean? So um, I really, I really liked, I really liked it and, and definitely gets a thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs up for me. This, this show definitely reminded me why I fell in love with AIW in the first place. Just top, top to bottom, just a fun show. All right. With that, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping things up. Marky, you got anything you need to plug? Yes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at eGirlFemboy, boy spelled B-O-I. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash eGirlFemboy, where we'll also the live recordings of X Over will be happening every other Wednesday. So be sure to check that out and check out X Over. There should be a new episode dropping. Despite my better judgment, I talked about WrestleQuarium because um, my lovely co-host forgot to watch Double Dragons. It's fine. He's going to pee himself on stream or something, I think he said. It's, don't worry about it. It's going to be a good time. You can follow me on Twitter at RiffJayhawk, Instagram at Jayhawk1539, uh, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash RiffJayhawk. I'm reworking my mid-80 WWF universe to start in 84, because I realized starting in 83 does not give you WrestleMania unless you fudge the numbers a bit, and I didn't want to do that. I'm still reworking that. I'm hoping to get that restarted next week. Uh, I will be working for Real Action Pro Wrestling this coming Saturday in Youngstown, Ohio. Get o'clock start for that show. So if you're in the Youngstown area and not making the trip to Cleveland for AIW, check that out. Jaygold, up to you. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jgold 12 um, Tomorrow I will be in the office for the next three days, and tomorrow night I will be eating Italian food in Massapequa, in case anybody wants to find me, which nobody will. But anyway... Uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Don't forget about the merch store over at brainbustertees.com. We are coming up with our new logos, at, uh, and, and I assume Home Office will be putting that up on the site for all of our stuff, T-shirts, hats, you know, all the booty shorts, all the stuff we like. Uh, listen to our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the super fantastic podcast. If you catch my griff, the A-show, at odds with wrestling, Marcy's own X over and the card is going to change. Our other friends, JCP Designs, the official graphic designer of IWTV Guide, PW Time Capsule Toys, Toy Hile, Big Starks Brand, Set Tab Photo, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, the best barbecue in Ohio, and Kayfabe Collectibles in the new Florida office. That is all I have for a very busy week of wrestling. Jayhawk. And at the late great Bobby to bring in one head. The only problem with wrestling rookie Yataki, an hour later you want to wrestle him again. <laughs> All right, Kaport Independent Wrestling. Have, have, have a great week, everybody. See y'all. Bye. Over time,